tonight, we will review and discuss Astral Dynamics 2009 by Robert Bruce. Robert Bruce is an Australian writer, not to be confused with the Scottish Robert B. Bruce. Now, in Astral Dynamics, Bruce has delivered what may well be the best practical manual on astral projection, that's OBEs and similar uh, phenomenon, since OPO's The Art and Practice of Astral Projection, 1961. And, of course, I must admit, And I have a special interest in this book because Bruce describes, validates, and teaches methods and techniques that we use in our magical instructions and training. Now, this description of the chakras, psychic centers, is virtually in line with our Western middle pillar system, and his third eye projection is very much like ours. He describes projecting into paintings, and projecting from lucid dreaming states. And his energy work techniques are very Bardonian, and his description of the astral planes is in line with our experiences. All considered, this is a great book, and we highly recommend it. So turn on, tune in, and pop out. Now, let me make a little correction on on what I just said in that abstract. Uh, we don't derive our our techniques from Bruce. It's just that we derive our techniques to some degree from the same sources because it's obvious as you read through uh, Bruce's manual that he is steeped in, in Franz Barden. And, uh, in fact, he mentions uh, uh, initiation into hermetics as is right, right at the top of his uh, bibliography. And, of course, he also credits Monroe, and, and uh, he doesn't mention Ed Peach. That's OPL. However, uh, uh, it's very, very similar. And his, his book is very similar to uh, OPL's uh, uh, Art and Practice of Our Astral Projection from 1961, which was the one that we all got started with. And uh, so uh, there are a number of things about... Uh, Bruce's book with, that, that I, before we start uh, getting into it uh, that I will mention uh, he is very very uh, clear on on the on the fact that that the OBE or the out of body experience which you know a lot of you know is OOBE they, 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 they used to use two O's but now Bruce is uh, you know OBE is better uh, the out of body experience is very definitely related to lucid dreaming and very much uh, related to the dream state. And uh, so, frankly, Bruce is, is confirming a lot of things that uh, that uh, a lot of us know. And he is himself, of course, a natural projector. In other words, he was born with the ability to pop out. A lot of us are not, and my, my, I myself am, am not a natural popper-outer. I, 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 uh, I kind, of, kind of envy the people who are in one way, but then on the other hand, uh, I don't, because uh, natural popper-outers uh, are not as well grounded as those who don't, and so, so uh, if you are a natural uh, projector, that's it has its advantages, 
but then also um, a lot of natural projectors wish that they didn't. Um, and uh, so what he has done in this book is is um, is helped other people who are not at natural projectors to be able to project. And this is the same thing, of course, that Ophiel did in, in, in his book. And uh, what Barden tries to do in Initiation in Hermetics, one of the things about Initiation into Hermetics, of course, we all love it and we all uh, have it and read it, of course. And yet, and as far as projection is concerned, Barden, it, it, in many ways, is the same with projection in, in his book as he is with visualization. Barden himself was a natural clairvoyant and a natural projector, and so he and, and he knew he had to teach it to people who were not. But he he said, "Okay, this is what you need to do," but he didn't tell you how to do it. And I know that we've we've had to improve on Barden's visualization methods, which we've done. As, of course, those of you who have who have uh, gone through our training program and in our books, you know that we've we've struggled to to make Barden doable. And the same thing uh, what uh, Bruce has done here uh, with Barden is is as far as after projection is concerned and and uh, OB, OBEs, et cetera, and, and, and energy work, he has, he has struggled to make Barden's requirements doable. And actually, and, 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 and this is really, this is something you really have to appreciate. To read, when you read his book, you appreciate how he's taken Barden's uh, requirements, training requirements, and made them much more doable and much more practical. One of the things um, about Bruce, though, that I will I will uh, uh, criticize is that that uh, for a while it seems that he's falling into this this Eastern fallacy of of damning the imagination, and yet you realize that uh, just like uh, we know about the Easterners, they damn the imagination. They say, oh, it's just your, you know, the, the, the imagination is fantasy and, 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 and uh, you have to go for what's real. And of course, then they turn right around and have you and have you uh, memorize entirely imaginary <laughs> uh, tacos and, and mandalas that have been created out of the imagination of people, and uh, and and then they tell you that's real, but but uh, but your imagination is not real, and and uh, Bruce he starts to fall into that, but then he very quickly gets out of it, uh, and uh, he's very much aware of proprioception. And and uh, and, Dao, and the Taoist methods of, of uh, energy flow, and all of this, and and as you go through it, even though, uh, as I say, you get a little confused because he 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 uh, seems to want to go along with the Easterners and and their and their um, their ideas about uh, uh, you know about imagination not being not being that important, but it, but it is, and he uses it, and he uses it all the way through the book. Uh, 
I want to make that point clear that, and of course, as we have said over and over and over again, imagination is the power of magic. Imagination is what it's all about. Imagination is the greatest, is the greatest human, uh, the greatest human power, and perhaps the most powerful thing in the whole universe. The most powerful source of power. Now, um, let me read the introduction to uh, to Bruce's book here because it'll set forth a lot of things he's doing. Subtle dimensions exist all around us, and very few people ever notice or step into them, if they even believe they exist. By reading this book, you take a big step towards the greater reality. The new techniques, ideas, and procedures offered in this new edition are effective and easy to apply. They provide a powerful set of tools and ideas that make sense out of out of body experiences, OBEs. This makes the OBE more accessible and achievable than ever before. The guidance offered herein draws largely upon my personal experience, and since the age of four, I have had countless OBEs, and I delight in a in a fresh hands-on approach. This has yielded me a profound understanding of the theory and practice of OBE. I have long realized that we know very little about OBE and other dimensions. Part of this lack comes from our natural linear 3D approach to everything and the effect that this has upon our beliefs. This approach works in the physical universe but falls down badly once you step into 4D and beyond. More important than improved techniques are the new ideas presented in this new edition of astrodynamics. The mind split effect for example, is truly groundbreaking. This makes sense of often perplexing OBE phenomenon. It also reveals why OBE appears to be so difficult to induce when, in fact, it is achievable by everyone. In a nutshell, during an OBE, the mind splits into copies that operate simultaneously. The physical body-mind, the projected body-mind, and the dream body-mind. This complexity causes many problems during reintegration. When the physical body-mind uh, awakens, and three separate memory streams from the same time period must form a single memory. Habitual beliefs and memory processes. And your higher self has a lot to do with the resulting memory or lack of one. Understanding this concept and how to work with it and around it is crucial for a successful out-of-body experience. Without the memory of an out-of-body experience, it never happened. It is simple matter for anyone to induce an out-of-body experience or to dream lucidly but only a delicate set of conditions make it possible to remember. There is a magic window of opportunity that allows for successful out-of-body experience recall. This appears briefly while you are awakening. When your consciousness flickers between sleeping and waking, the hypnagogic state, the key to out-of-body experience involves understanding and utilizing this flickering state. 
The importance of out-of-body experiences and a lucid dreaming becomes clearer when you consider how these states bring you closer to your higher spiritual aspects. It is known, for example, that vision problems during out-of-body experiences can usually be remedied by commanding, give me light or give me clarity. And if you think about how the out-of-body experience command process works, it becomes clearer that your own higher self is taking the direct action. Here, the underlying principles of affirmations and the manifestation process are revealed. While out of body, you are much closer to your higher self than you are to your physical body and mind. Affirmations and commands have a more direct impact in subtle realms. These require more time and effort to work in the physical universe, but the principles are the same. Conscious exit out-of-body experience is not as difficult as is commonly believed. Everyone projects out-of-body during sleep. Remembering these experiences is another matter due to the mind split effect. But anyone is capable of inducing and remembering out-of-body experiences. If they will just take the time to learn how it works and to practice a few basic skills. And after this, it is just a matter of practice. This is a bit like learning to ride a bicycle. But instead of gravity, you must balance on the razor's edge between sleeping and waking. What he's discussing here, and he doesn't use this terminology, but he's discussing the hypnopompic and the hypnagogic states. Hypnopompic is as you go to sleep, that 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 uh, borderline state when you're just slipping into sleep, and uh, and and hypnopompic is when you're just waking up, and and of course when you're just waking up uh, from sleep and early in the morning, uh, this this is the best time you know to to for you know for lucid dreaming, and and of course astral projection in this sense. Now, um, let's go on and read a little bit of what he has to say about dimensional theory. The Holy Grail for astral projection is a reliable key to be planned and repeatable in out-of-body experiences. I have spent much of my life on this quest, studying the dynamics and processes involved with out-of-body experience from both inside and outside my body. This elusive key lies less in the projection technique and abilities than in the understanding how the human mind processes and stores different types of memories. This understanding involves finding better ways to download the astral projected devil's delicate shadow memories into recallable levels of memory. To do this effectively, you must first know what is happening during the exit and reintegration phases of an out-of-body experience. After an out-of-body experience, the only enduring part is the memory of what happened. And if that memory is lost, there is nothing to indicate that an out-of-body experience ever occurred. And without the memory, it never happened, even if it did. And therein lies both the problem and the solution. And before we delve further into OBE memory issues, we need a better frame of reference. So let's examine everything that is involved in out-of-body experience, memory, mind, brain, and consciousness. 
What is your mind and where is your memory? You cannot take your finger and point to where these are. Our best scientists cannot tell us, but we know they, they exist. Memories do not exist in the physical brain. Any part of the brain can be removed without removing any memories. Half the brain can be removed. Without having any memories in an operation called uh, hemispheriotomy. People who have uh, this operation before they have completed uh, puberty will recover with only a slight limp. There is no impairment term long-term memory. So where are the memories stored? Mind and memory are not solely physical, but appear to exist as energy fields around the physical body. This is beginning to sound awfully computerish, isn't it? Uh, you know, like the, like the cloud and and and, uh, uh, and you know and 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 give me a copy of that, you know, whatever. But appear to exist as energy fields around the physical body. The physical brain is, in this sense, a transceiver, an interface between the mind and the physical body, between mind and matter. If this transceiver becomes damaged, brain damaged, the mind cannot function and express itself well. There is a lot more to the mind than its physical experience. We spend one-third of our lives asleep and dreaming. Dreaming, lucid dreaming, and out-of-body experience are aspects of the mind and consciousness that become active during sleep. It is often said that life itself is a dream, an illusion. And when we die, it can be said that we move into states of existence that parallel dreaming, out-of-body experience, and lucid dreaming. Taking all these things into account, my question is, what is the, who is the dreamer? And if you think and meditate on this, you will realize that there is a lot more to yourself and to your existence than meets the eye. Let me make a comment on this. One of the things he does not do in this book, which most uh, books like this do do, is insist that you keep a dream record. And, uh, and he, you know, this, this keeping a dream record, if you're going to get into lucid dreaming, you have to do this. You have to keep a dream record. And when you have a dream, and every time you have a, have a dream, you wake yourself up and you write it down right, right quick in your dream record. And this way, eventually, you get to the point where you can start controlling your dreams. And that, that's what a lucid dream is, by the way. Let me, uh, let me say that. A lucid dream is a dream where you, in the middle of the dream, realize I'm dreaming. Okay, once you realize you're dreaming, you can, can take, take take control of your dream. You can dream what you want. You can you can uh, um, you can control the dream. That's what a lucid dream is. Okay, I'm going to continue reading here. OBE and lucid dreams is internal or or external phenomenon. There is an ongoing debate on whether OBEs and lucid dreaming are internal or, or external phenomenon of the human mind. This, is, of course, raises the question, what is your mind and where is your mind located? Again, it is impossible to point to where your mind or your memories are situated. Your mind and your memories certainly do not exist only within the substance of your physical brain. 
As said previously, the brain appears to act as if it is a transceiver for the mind. My observations indicate that the mind and its memories are spread, not only throughout the physical body, but far beyond its boundaries. There is a lot of evidence to support this statement. For example, consider the works of Rupert Sheldrake on morphic fields. Studies like these are compelling and difficult to deny. You can deny these ideas if they don't fit in your particular beliefs, but they will not entirely go away. It is equally impossible to point out where your mind is not. This, in, this incredibly important fact demonstrates the probability that your mind is a field of consciousness with unknown and potentially infinite boundaries. How far your mind extends as a field of subtle energy is scientifically unknown, albeit a constant source of conjecture, and I think it is likely that on some levels your mind extends to the furthest reaches of the universe. Oh, boy, now we're getting hermetic. Into all subtle dimensions and, of course, into the physical dimension. Again, there is a lot of evidence to support this, including studies on telepathy, precognition, remote viewing, the sense of being watched, etc. And all this is... These... These sentences indicate that, that uh, although he's not trying to sell you, and we, I appreciate uh, Robert Bruce is not trying to sell you on hermetic philosophy here, which we would, of course, but uh, he is, but he's very, very definitely grounded in it. And as I said, uh, as you read, as, as we read this, I, 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 I you know, I, I, I see Robert, Robert Bruce looking over old Franz Barden's shoulder while, you know, while he's writing this. In my considered opinion, that when you have an OOBE, a dream, or a lucid dream, you are not actually moving outside the boundaries of your own mind because your mind has no boundaries or limits apart from your own beliefs. A better way of looking at this is to consider that when you have a dream, an OOBE or a lucid dream, you are shifting the location of your discrete point of consciousness awareness. This point moves within the field of your own mind, which is intimately connected with the entire universe on all dimensional levels. Call this universal mind, the collective unconscious, um, source, source God, whatever your beliefs suggest, we are looking at the same good light. In this sense, every living thing, be it human, animal, or vegetable, is a point of mind, a point of consciousness existing within a universal field of all-encompassing source consciousness. And, of course, you are at the center of your universe, and you are the universe. Your mind can probably best be described as a discrete unit of subtle consciousness, conscious energy, meshed within the universal field of subtle conscious energy. And this is like an iceberg floating on an ocean. It appears to be separate from the ocean that formed it, unless it melts. But it was and always will be part of the ocean, and it may travel there, here and there, but it is always a part of, of its source, its maker, the ocean. I have to say that there is no clearly determined inside or outside of your mind and your consciousness. There is no beginning and there is no end to your mind and your memories and your consciousness or to your life for that matter. Now, 
Of course, as we have so often said on this on this program, uh, spent a lot of taxpayers' money to prove that this is the case, and and um, the mind can go as Hermes said. And I'm, I'm talking, but this is not Bruce talking now. This is me. Uh, I, I as Hermes said, uh, you can go anywhere in the universe at the speed of thought instantly, and uh, and of course. Uh, this is true. And as Giordano Bruno said, you know, if you're at the center of the universe, the universe has no bounds. And uh, all right, now, chapter four, astral sight, the third eye. There is nothing simple about OBE, and many subtle variations are possible. This chapter outlines a variation that falls somewhere between projection and non-physical sight clairvoyance. Astral sight is related to other forms of spiritual non-physical sight, like clairvoyance, aura sight, and remote feeling. The principles are the same. They all involve, involve mind's eye vision and the brow chakra, the third eye. The brow chakra works through all subtle bodies, including projected doubles via connecting cords. In body real-time astral sight is a subtle body ability that allows projectors to see through closed eyelids and bed covers. This phenomenon is common during the prelude to an out-of-body experience and during waking paralysis episodes. This can also occur during the prelude to sleep and during the altered state, uh, the altered state meditation sessions. The mind awake and body asleep state causes the internal generation of the expanded energy body and projectable astral double. The subtle body is firmly enmeshed within the physical body, but it can also develop real-time and astral sight abilities while an out-of-body experience is in progress. This can also occur during waking paralysis episodes, which involves the out-of-body experience and progress. Quality of these abilities varies. Many people, while experiencing in-body, real-time astral sight, do not realize that their physical eyes are closed at the time or that they are seeing through bed covers or behind themselves. And now we go to remote eye projection. Remote eye projection is an unusual type of out-of-body experience that allows the mind split effect to be perceived. A remote point of consciousness shifts out of body while the physical body mind remains partly conscious without an actual out-of-body experience exit appearing to take place. This can happen spontaneously to awake but extremely tired persons but it can also occur during sleep, during deep mind awake and body asleep uh, states of meditation. Accidental remote eye projections are always extremely tired and hanging on the edge of sleep, forcing themselves to stay awake. Well, this is not the case in in, in yoga, because we we have a technique where we uh, which we've described before on this uh, on this show and where we go up 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 into the third eye and and uh, and open the curtain and 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 send our send our remote eye out or 
or drop our hands and our spirit hands and step through the curtain and actually and actually project. And so you don't have to be you don't have to be that tired. The overtired person simply sees visions of remote scenes as if with their physical eyes. This is often a real-time scene close to the projector's location. Remote eye project will often have 360-degree vision at the remote location, and they are also usually unaware of having a body at the remote eye's location. They also usually have only limited influence over their movements of their remote eye aspects of any. Now, this is actually what he's describing here is, is essentially uh, a remote viewing uh, target acquisition. Uh, I'd, I'd like to I'd like to get into um, I'm going to get into some of his energy work here. Um, we'll come back to that uh, to that that third eye experience uh, in a bit because he projects into into paintings as and and this of course is a is a marvelous thing to be able to uh, you know because uh, artists especially mystical magical artists uh, like Ramanus Bosch will create create uh, uh, astral astral landscapes and 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 and. Uh, and scenes that you can that you can actually project into, which we'll get into in a little bit. Now, energy work. You and your energy body. The practice of out-of-body experiences is largely dependent upon the energy body activity. Body awareness-based energy work methods allow for specific activation of energy centers. Exercising these causes Subtle energy flow more strongly, making out-of-body experience exits more powerful and achievable. The energy work taught here is tactile imaging systems that does not require visualization. That's not true. Uh, now this is where he starts getting confused. He just says it's a, he says it doesn't require visualization, but all all of this work requires visualization. I, I they, you know, this is the problem. As I say, we have been, we have, we have all of us here in the in the West have been intimidated by some of these Eastern gurus, especially from India, who have come up with these these uh, dictums that oh, your mind, and they tell they tell you to kill your mind, and they say your mind is the enemy, and they tell you all kinds of things that are absolutely wrong, and and uh, and uh, the whole country. Tantric system came originally from Pythagoras anyway. They they didn't invent it, but they act like they did. And uh, a human energy body contains seven primary energy centers, also called chakras or psychic centers, hundreds of secondary energy centers, three storage centers also called um, uh, dantians, and thousands of energy exchange pores. All of these interconnected through myriad subtle energy pathways with a central channel running up through the middle. The human energy body is a complex and as is as complex as the human nervous system, with which it is intimately related. Vital energies are absorbed into the physical and energy bodies through breathing and the digestion of food and drink. Through environmental and social interactions. Subtle energies circulate through networks of subtle energy pathways and meridians. Energy centers absorb and transform 
the qualities of subtle energies. These can be likened to subtle transformers, changing the quality and frequency of subtle energies to suit their variety of needs, subtle and physical. The following illustration shows the basic structure of the human energy body, including primary centers, storage centers, and energy exchange centers. Now, what he has here in the next couple of pages is diagrams of standard chakra system. Basically, it's Western. Basically, it's the Western. It's the extended middle pillar. This is it's the Western Pythagorean system. Um, and and uh, and very definitely from which from which as I have said over and over and over again the Hindu system uh, with their polished up alchemical attributes uh, derives and um, so I'm going to skip over here to where he describes uh, he describes the chakras. Human energy body has three major energy storage centers where different qualities of energies accumulate. These are different from the primary energy centers that share the same general areas, although they are all energetically connected. There's the subnavel center. This sits midway between the belly button and the pubic line, two inches inside the average body, and its function is to store raw physical vitality. And when stimulated, this center produces fluttering, bubbling energy movement sensation, often an inch or two to the side of the central point of the pubic line. Now, we call this the Hod Center, uh, and uh, uh, the Tibetans definitely... Uh, most most Tibetan chakra systems are are are, are more in line with the Western the Western system, and they, and they use this. This is the Tumo center, uh, you know, the, the 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 heat energy center for the Tibetans. It's also our our alchemical mercury uh, uh, center, you know, Kusor's blacksmith's workshop. Um, now the next is the subheart center, and this sits in the middle of the chest between the nipples two inches inside the average body, and its function is to store raw emotional energy. And, um, and this is, we would call this tip rip, and, um, and, and related to the sun. And then the sub-brow center. This sits between the eyebrows in the center of the brow, just inside the skull, and its function is to store raw mental and psychic energies. And we call this a said. Uh, and and uh, Jovian Center, and this is where the third eye is located, and this is where we project from. Of the three energy storage centers, the only one deliberately filled with energy work is the sub-naval storage center. And when this is full, it overflows naturally conditioned energy into the sub-heart and the sub-brow storage centers. And this is very... And you'll find this in Montauk Chia's uh, 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 orbit, his microcosmic orbit. And and this is this is the same in Taoism. It's the same in, in, in Hermetic practice. It's the same in... Um, the only the people that don't use it are the, you know, the... Uh, the, the, the Bengali tantrics don't use it, but but uh, but, uh, but the Tibetans and, and and the West we do. Okay, pyramids have taught me that deliberately filling the two higher storage centers in the heart and brow is unwise. This can unbalance the energy body and cause predictable problems, including 
emotional, mental, and psychic instabilities. Now, uh, also, he he talks about belly breathing in here, and of course, um, as we have discussed uh, over and over again, uh, uh, that, that uh, prana, the, uh, the you know. The, the Bengali tantrics, they, they they make a big deal out of breathing down the sun and the moon breath and 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 breathing uh, and and breathing in prana as 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 power, whereas we 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 bring down power uh, celestial power from uh, the light the lightning flash and they which of course we can say energizes prana but prana is essentially oxygen, uh, you know that this oxygen is is, is. and uh, one of the things that We've been doing in yoga ever since everything ever since the Pythagoreans invented it in Tantra Yoga. We have been we have been breathing all the way down to the belly and all the way down to the uh you know, all the way down to the to the crotch actually. We we breathe. And so this idea of the of the having to have the sun and the moon in the head is not is not necessary at all. You can breathe down. You can breathe. You can put the sun and the moon where you need to put them in the body and you know, to follow the middle pillar, and then you can breathe down through them. And uh, and so he and he, he and Bruce discusses belly breathing and and, and body breathing in here. Um, now, uh, so this so basically, and the only thing the only thing different about his chakras and 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 uh, and ours. Is his colors? You know, his, he doesn't. He doesn't use our our, uh, our Western color system, uh, and so you know you, we need to make that that uh, that change. Or you know, but otherwise, uh, um, otherwise his his chakra system lines up with ours perfectly. Now, um, and he says the full body circuit. He says when you breathe through the whole body, and and uh, and, and also he he has. Um, a whole system in here where you where you get balls of energy, especially these these reddish balls of energy, and then fire elemental, and moving them through the body and charging and charging the body, and moving these these energy balls, and and uh, this is very very much like Raja Yoga and very very much like uh, like Barden, and. and uh, you know, you're gonna, those of you who have seen Simon King of the Witches, you know, uh, with the with the red uh, uh, Simon with his red ball and his and, and in one hand and his blue ball in the other hand, and he's going magnetic electric, magnetic electric, magnetic electric, charge, 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 and he's trying to charge his effluvial condenser. <laughs> yeah, now that's delightful. If you haven't seen that film, see it. It's uh, it's really a good take on on 1970s. Uh, magic in Los Angeles. Okay, now, um, what I mentioned before was that uh, that uh, Bruce has a has a section in here about uh, projecting into into pictures uh, into a, and the way he describes this is. Uh, that he's he's doing an O an OBE in his room, and and he um, and there's a painting on the wall, and he he's forgotten he's really forgotten that he's doing a painting on the wall, uh, you know he's forgotten that there is this painting on the wall, and, and he's just in the room and, and in his chair and he and he does a does a projection, 
out of his chair and all of a sudden finds himself inside this uh this this painting on the wall and and it's a painting uh, of a of a of a farm and a barn and and a and a farmyard and a farmhouse and there's a farmer out in the field uh and he just he he finds himself inside the picture and he doesn't know where he is. He's forgotten the fact that there's this painting on the wall, and 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 he's inside this picture. And um, the uh, let's see here, what do you see? Virtual reality projection is an OBE technique that tricks the subconscious mind into creating custom-made astral realms. This is achieved during real-time out-of-body experience by passing into a picture or a painting. This is easy to do once you project. It is also a good way of getting into astral realms. And if you are having trouble getting beyond the real-time zone, I discovered this method by accident while road testing the rope projection technique. Let me describe the rope projection technique. He's got a a number of techniques for, for getting out of the body. One of them that's very good that he's done a lot of work with is the rope technique. This is where you lie back, and you know, you're you know you're you're in a you're you're in this uh, in this trance state, and you you lie back on your couch or your bed, uh, and and you you imagine a rope hanging down from the ceiling, and uh, or a rope ladder if you want, and this rope hangs down, and you separate your astral hands and arms. And this, of course, is, comes from Barton. Uh, you separate your astral hands and arms from your body, and you reach up and you grab a hold of the rope. And then you just proceed to, with your astral, with your very strong astral, astral arms and, and 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 shoulders and all, to pull yourself out of your body and start climbing the rope. Now, I haven't tried this technique yet, but I'm certainly going to. I mean, this, this just sounds like a very, 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 a very good way. And, and, and Bruce does a lot, has done a lot of work, and he says, okay, so. Um, the projected double has strong creative abilities. It'll be difficult, though, though to, to consciously create anything solid and durable during a real out-of-body experience. If a sword is deliberately created by a real-time projector, for example, the sword will slowly appear as imagined. It starts to form as a mist, growing more solid until it looks real. But then it will quickly fade once the projector ceases holding its image in his mind. To create anything durable in real time, the subconscious mind, the higher self, must be engaged in the process. So we create the rope. The projector is the point of consciousness with no actual size or shape. The body of the projected double is created by the projector's own sense of body awareness. The body becomes apparent only when observed. When unobserved, it reverts to a minute point of consciousness. Because this point of consciousness is so small, anything it approaches and observes closely will magnify as the distance um, decreases. Let me interject here into this. Um, that one of the things uh, that uh, he suggests when you do, when you when you uh, are in a lucid dream and you go into, and you go into what you think may be an out of body projection. Uh, and in fact, quite often when you wake up at night and and 
get out of bed either to go to the bathroom or the kitchen or something like this. Sometimes you're really not. You're, you're really not uh, physically. Your physical body is really not out of bed. It's your astral body. And what you need to do at that point is is make what he calls a reality check. Try to push your hand uh, through the door or the wall or something like that to see whether or not you are in the astral body or whether or not you're in the physical body. If you're in your astral body, you'll be able to push your hand right through the wall. Or in my case, when I did it, uh, I pushed my hand through a window. And and I got worried about, well, if I draw it back too quick, I'm on a skin. Because I, I, I can feel, you know, when I stuck my hand through the window, I could feel the, I could feel the glass, the sharp glass, you know, going around my hand. It's quite a, it's quite a sensation. The first time you do it, 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 it will really, uh, you know, it, it really is exciting. Uh, but this is, this is what he calls a reality check. And you have to continue. And he says the way to train yourself to do this is every time you get up at night, uh, to go to the bathroom or you know whatever for whatever reason you get up you get out of bed, train yourself to do reality checks even though it may seem silly you know to put your to try to try to stick your fingers through the wall or stick your fingers through the window, do it because this this will condition you that that then then when the time comes when you when you actually when your astral body gets up, uh, you'll be able to uh, you'll be able to tell that you are you are having uh, an, o, an OBE, uh, and of course, lucid dreaming can very quickly get into that. Now, consider what happens when a real-time projector passes through a solid wall. The interior is seen in great detail. This view is like what you would expect to see under a microscope, seeing on a molecular on a molecular level. If the projected devil remained the size of its physical body, it would not see such magnified details illuminated. All the drywall and the, and, the, and the wiring and everything else inside the wall. Passing into a two-dimensional picture or mirror as a point of consciousness gives the illusion of passing into something vastly larger. Keep your mind clear and gaze ahead unfocused as the picture is approached. You will then move into the target rather than passing through it. This tricks the subconscious mind into creating a virtual astral realm and shifting the projector there. Following, the following is my first experience with this phenomenon. Now, it was an early winter's evening and I was meditating in an old armchair in my bedroom. Using my new rope technique, I projected out of my body. I was very, it was very dark in the room, and only a crack of light from the streetlight coming through a chink in the curtains. I floated to the back wall and was about to pass through when something strangely familiar appeared before me. Before I could properly see what it was, I suddenly found myself in a strange new world. Where am I? I thought surprised. I seemed to have shifted into an astral realm for no apparent reason. This was unusual, and I wanted to know why. I was in a dim and misty world with a damp, gloomy atmosphere, but I did not feel threatened. A rail fence 
of massive ruffian timbers fronting a dilapidated building stood before me. From my right came the silvery reflections of a nearby body of water. Muffled noises and movement came from near the old building. I did not feel threatened, so I climbed the fence and investigated. I waded through a low mist that hung on the ground, and this world felt more solid than other astral realms. A huge, roughly-dressed man with a black dog came shambling out of the shadows. He looked about eight feet tall. They moved away to the right, stopping near a low fence. I called out, but they did not seem to hear me. They climbed the fence and walked off towards the water in the distance, soon fading into the mist. Without the old building, it was a barn with large open doors on one side and, and a lean-to uh, at the rear. I looked inside and saw nothing but mist and shadows. Circling the barn, I found nothing at the rear. There was nothing here worth seeing or doing. So I went to follow the man and his dog. None of this made any sense to me. It all seemed vaguely familiar, but I could not think why. Realization dawned, and I suddenly knew where I was. I was inside a painting that hung on my bedroom wall. It depicts the old barn with a rough-hewn timber fence in autumn colors, and there is a small lake in the background, and a man and a black dog. It is twilight and misty with shadows. This painting hangs in a spot where I had tried uh, to pass through the wall. Excited and not wanting to lose track of what had, had just happened, I focused my body and was soon back in my chair. I turned on the lamp and recorded the key words of the experience in my journal. I turned off the lamp yet now. Now, down below he says, to create a, a virtual reality realm. I have repeated this virtual reality experience many times. It is interesting and potentially useful phenomenon. To create a virtual reality room, get a picture of a pleasant scene that you like and hang this on the wall or ceiling and, and another room close by. Now, um, as I think I mentioned before, certain paintings, classical paintings, uh, have painted on purpose. They are purposely painted to create astral realms. And one of these, of course, is Ramos Bosch's Garden of Earthly Delights. This is a this, this is an altar triptych. It was intended to sit on an altar, and 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 I believe that it was that Bosch intended it as as an astral realm. It gives you an entrance to an astral realm, and. Uh, commentators on Bosch believe that uh, that, uh, that the Adamite sect actually sponsored his creation of it. But this Garden of Earthly Delights can be projected into, and this is uh, this is quite an adventure, and uh, and we'll be discussing that and and uh, and even showing showing a picture of the setup uh, in our forthcoming book on Rosicrucian Yoga. And uh, it's getting pretty close to the um, pretty close to the the witching hour here, um, and uh, so I'd like to I'd like to go ahead and, and and wrap up here saying that this this book is highly recommended, and um, 
his exercises and in here and his techniques and all are very, very good. And and I, I thoroughly recommend this book. Uh, and as I said, I also mentioned that well, it's the best one since um, since old Ed Peach's um, uh, The Art and Practice of, of Astral Projection. Old Ed Peach called himself OPL. And that book is still available, by the way. And it's very good too, and that's the one that I got started with. And OPL, in his in his old book, he has this dream method, although he although he wasn't familiar with lucid dreaming. That that's been a more recent uh, thing. But but OPL has the dream method, and that's how I first that's how I first managed to, to Spanish to get out of my body, and and was using OPL's uh, OPL's dream method, and that's when I stuck my hand through the glass as my reality check. By the way, when I stuck my hand through the glass, uh, through the window, and pulled it back, I then I went out through the wall, out into the yard, and then I went up and I started flying, and, and, uh, and, I, and I rose up, flew and circled around my big pine tree, and then started flying, and and uh, up and up and up and up and up, and then, 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 then it, it, it sort of faded into a dream. And uh, and that was, but that that was a wonderful experience. However, I have to say this, and this is one thing that um, that Bruce does not do. If you want to do this, if you want to use the dream method, uh, yes, you know, I don't think you need to get OPL's book. But if you want to do the dream method, if you if you want to do this thing, uh, this this whole this out of body experience through the lucid dreaming technique and. You've got to keep a dream record, and oh gosh, it, you know when you start working on this, and you keep, and you wake up every time you have a dream, you wake up and you write it down. You're not going to get any sleep. You know this, this is, this, this, uh, this is going to take a while, and you really are going to be short on sleep. So, so it's 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 going to it's it's going to make you sleep deprived for a while and, and then it, but it's worth it and it's something that every magician should uh should do you sh- you should you should manage to get, get this under control and have these experiences and so anyway um next week albert pike and uh, the hermetic tradition in masonry the 28th degree will rise again, and I have been promised that we can do it again, and that's uh, and and that of course warms the cockles of my heart. And so next week, Albert Pike and the Hermetic Tradition in Freemasonry. And so until then, good magic.